All right, welcome to the show. I'm excited today to have Trina Elliott with us. And we're going to be talking a little bit today about salary and how we approach salary in the workplace, how we approach salary in our negotiation process. And uh, welcome, Trina. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me. This is an interesting topic. We've known each other for a long time, and you've been in the staffing role for a long time, as have I. Better part uh, of 17 years. Isn't that crazy? I think I beat you. By but not by years? much. By how many years? I was in 98. That's when I got started. So when you first started in staffing, did you feel awkward talking to candidates about salary, like in the beginning? Yes. I think it's a, a, social, a social thing that we don't talk about salary. Yeah. We don't even talk to about friends, with friends. We don't talk to right. our friends about salary. And I find that really interesting because when I put my, because you're right, I don't talk to my friends about how much money they make, but because I've been in staffing for so long, and I'm sure you come across this too, is that when I put my recruiter hat on and I'm talking to one of my friends, that's one of the first questions I ask them. Where I would never, like I would never have that conversation with them unless I was talking about recruiting. And I think it's partly because salary is tied to worth and it's our personal worth. And so we're uncomfortable in getting naked with what we perceive as our worth or what the world perceives us as being worth. Are you good at guessing how much money your friends make as a result of being in staffing? Because I feel like with certain people, I usually like when I'm having salary conversations with them related to recruiting that I'm usually within like a few thousand dollars of what they're making. Yeah, I I think it's part of our training really is to uh, develop cues as to you know, where we think people are. And we have tools as well, you know. Yeah. Like I mean, well, because we've been in the industry. So yeah. you just, over time, you get a sense of where people are, where people are at in their career and what they're making. Yeah. And, and you also get some sense of when people aren't telling the truth about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Real quick. And that's something that, well, that I think we should talk about in this conversation is the importance of being authentic about your salary expectations. Right. Right. Because sometimes people can overinflate what they're looking for, what they think they want, and then they might price them out, price themselves out of certain opportunities. And I think the important part about the conversation really is that by understanding what is the expectation, understanding how to have the conversation with people, then we're better able to, you know, get to where we want to get to and evaluate ourselves in relation to the salaries that we have yeah. and want and uh, think we deserve yeah. in many cases. I do you th- I think that more often than not, people are really realistic with their expectations. Like I think the number of people who like lie about mm-hmm. what they're making is actually really small. Yeah. Do you is. think so? Or they just don't talk about it. Or they just don't talk yeah, about it. Yeah, they just don't. They're embarrassed somehow. They yeah. feel like they're being judged. Yeah. And they don't want to have the conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So, um, tell me what you think about this. Uh, there's a couple reasons why people bring up com- in, in conversation uh, their salary. And they're going to go to their boss. Yep. And they're going to uh, look them in the eye and say, I want more money. Yep. Why? Like, what is the rationale behind that want, why people would want more money, why they need to have that uncomfortable conversation? Well, there's a couple of reasons why people want more money. Number one is everybody wants more money. Right. Sometimes people think that 
there might be a perceived notion or maybe somebody's told them that they're not getting paid enough, whether that's in t- inside an organization or mm-hmm. at home. Um, it could be they feel like they haven't had a raise in a long time mm-hmm. or what other reasons could there be? There's lots of reasons. Is it possibly, or, they, or they need more money. Right. They need more money. They they're, need more money. They, they can't meet their bills. Yeah. The world has gotten expensive. Sure. And it's, they can't meet Cost that. of living's gone right. up. So do you think that that's the company's responsibility to help people make pay people more when their expenses go up? <laughs> it's a tough one. I, mean, I, I guess, you know, from an economic standpoint, I think we would think that in general, if the cost of the world goes up, right. then the company should be relatively making more money, possibly, Yep. and therefore should be able to pay people more. Or maybe they saw their boss bought a new vehicle, right? and they're like, well, that guy's making so much money that he can buy that. Where's my piece? Right. Do you think that comes into play? I think, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I guess, I think one of the challenges that we bump into is, you know, are you... Are you realistically being appreciated financially for the work you're doing? Is it the right amount? Yeah. And is it the right amount relative to what other people are getting paid? Yeah. To do the exact same thing across the street. And then, as you mentioned, like what responsibility does the employer have to match what you could get if you were somewhere else? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, usually the conversation... I have with people because I would say that one of the questions I get asked the most frequently among, say, my friend group is when they're looking for other opportunities. There's they always ask me, "What should I say when a company mm-hmm. asks me about salary?" It's a pretty common question. Right. And when I'm talking to candidates on the phone and I ask them about salary because I ask everybody about salary, is that I. I can tell if they're uncomfortable with the question. Mm-hmm. And so usually when I'm coaching a friend, I say, be realistic about your expectations and think about, okay, if you're currently working, what is the minimum amount of money that you would be willing to take to leave your current job? Is that something right. that you tell people? Is that something that you would tell someone also? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think. As a starting point, because then I also tell people too, so that's your minimum, but also yeah. think about what you would like to be making to move so that that essentially is your range. So, you know, just drawing numbers out of the air, if someone says, okay, well, I would, I'm not happy where I am now. I'm making $60,000. I would leave for a better opportunity if it was 55 K, but ideally I would like to be making right. 65 to 70. So there's right. your range. Then your range turns into, well, my range is 55 to 70. So you bring up an interesting point. It's, it's not just the money. Yeah. And that there's other reasons that people change jobs and it's not just money. But when money becomes the uh, motivator behind the scenes because you need the money, then suddenly you're in a tough situation in negotiating, negotiating what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of different factors involved because someone might be leaving a job to because they hate their job. So mm-hmm. they would take less money because they their job is terrible or they're ready for the next step in their career. So they would take a job that would be more money mm-hmm. somewhere else so, with more responsibility. So if you're coaching someone and you have someone in front of you who's making 60000 as you mentioned, sure. and they feel they're worth more, yep. what's the coaching? What do you, what do you give them? 
And how do they determine that? Like, where's the math? Where's the algorithm that says I'm worth 70, not 60? How do you determine that? I suppose it depends a little bit on what they're doing and what their career path looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, like if they're, you know, let's say they are doing a job at a company and there's no room for advancement, they're making 60, they don't see Mm -hmm. if there's any room for growth and they might start to look at, say, a bigger company with Mm -hmm. a better career path and say, well, I've been making 60 for however long, I would love to be making more, but I think I need to move companies. So that's sort mm-hmm. of one step. But I mean, that's a that's a good question is determining a, your worth in an organization, right? And what that yeah. looks like. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's it's uh, it is a tough situation because we measure ourselves against the people we know. We measure ourselves, yeah. you know, occasionally against our bills. Yeah. <laughs> and we want more money so we can pay for the trip or pay yeah. for a different car. Uh, I think what I've seen regularly is that we look at an opportunity and say, this company is willing to pay this much. And if you're not prepared to take that amount, then that might not be the right company. And, you know, know, we do certainly bump into, well, they're going to hire someone else. And then we have to then look back and analyze this. uh, Are my skills is what I add in value to a company worth what I think I'm asking. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think it, you know, as long as I've been in staffing, that's a big challenge because mm-hmm. you get some people that think I'm worth twice what that person's making for the same job, but it's, there's really no baseline measurement to say yeah. one's worth more. Yeah. I mean, there's a level of arbitrariness, if that's mm-hmm. a word, to how much people get paid. And then you also have to look at the value that they bring to the company. Are they a revenue generating position, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're in a sales position, then that ends up being a different conversation because if you are a revenue generator for your business, then you bring more value to the company, right? Absolutely. So maybe, but then I'll, and, and in those cases, you're often in a a salary plus commission situation. Right. So right. if you want to earn more, you need to sell more. Yeah. Whereas yeah. not every position is like that. You know, for example, if you're, you know, in reception, for example, or an admit or an executive assistant, you're not really in a revenue generating position, but you are perhaps supporting people mm-hmm. who do generate revenue. So your your role is important. Right. So you make um, an interesting point in. Uh, you know, certainly in the roles where you're generating a revenue and mm-hmm. you can then go to your boss or whoever's paying the bills or writing the check and say, here's why I deserve more. Yeah. It's a business case at that point. right? Yeah. And then so when you look at that, is there some way that we would coach, uh, a, you know, an individual to go into their supervisor and say, I need to have a discussion with you? Like, sure. how do we coach them on that? Well, I think that you brought up a good point is if someone comes in and says, if they have a list of why I'm worth more, mm-hmm. then that's that opens the conversation with their boss. And depending on the organization, the boss might say, oh, you're totally right. I agree with you. Or if an organization has a regular compensation review mm-hmm. plan, they might say, yep, this is all really good stuff. We don't, re- we only review salaries in January. It's June, talk mm-hmm. to me. Let's talk about this in six months. So it depends a little bit on the organization. But if, I mean, really, when you're asking for a raise, 
you should have something to back it up in terms right. of what you've accomplished. I guess I like the thought of a business case. If you're going to yeah. come and say, hey, I'm worth more, tell me why. Yeah, tell me why. Like I, I, I see you're doing the same thing that other people are doing. You think you're worth more. Show me yeah. why that's worth more money yeah. to do what you're doing. Do you think that it is good for lack of a better word, for employees to do that with their employer on a regular basis? I, I think I think it's very good to add value to a company. Yeah. And if you're adding value and you're worth more, then you should get paid more. Right. I think it's not good to walk <laughs> into your boss's office every three months and right. say, yeah. time for more. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was getting at, too. Like, I think that, you know, if you're doing that, say, once a year, once mm -hmm. every other year, depending on, you know, if you want to have some longevity with a company, then you for sure need to be an advocate for yourself. But, right. you know, you can't, I don't think that it's beneficial to be the type of employee where you're constantly asking for, for money every three months, because that can be a bit, a bit exhausting well, as an employer. And the world has changed. I don't, I don't think many people get into jobs that they do for... 15 or 20 years, right. the job changes yeah. and you're into different roles. And that really, to me, is sometimes the best way to get a higher income is to do a different role yeah. and move into a more senior position, yeah. move into something that has greater responsibility or staff or a revenue generating capacity. Yeah. So. But do you think that if someone is, say, you know, maintaining the, you know, how do you feel about the employee that sort of maintains the status quo, isn't planning on going everywhere isn't planning on going anywhere, but still, you know, asks for regular raises. Like, do you think that people need a regular cost of living raise in regular? Well, in general, yes, I would say <laughs> yes. I, I think, you know, as the world expands, for sure. you know, there's, there is a cost of living component and I, you know, the business should be doing a cost yeah. of living better. Yeah. But I think at the same time, uh, individuals that are doing the exact same job and maybe even there's a gradual decrease right. in their output over time we see that uh, and they come in asking for raises all the time i think they get replaced often like yeah they just you know you find yourself out of a job because you've priced yourself out yeah so that could be a big challenge well and that's an interesting thing that happens too you know you talk about being priced out you know, I know people who have been, and I'm sure you have too in your career, where you've seen someone work at a job for, let's say, 10 years. Again, this doesn't happen very often, but it happens where someone has been consistently getting raises in their career and reached a point where they've sort of reached their max mm -hmm. with that company reach in the, and get replaced with someone for half the salary. Yeah, kind of, absolutely. They've decided that we're going to start over. Yep, You've reached absolutely. your peak. There's nowhere for you to go. You're making too much money. We're going to package you out and hire someone for, for half yeah. your salary. Well, here's an interesting example of that. We hired yeah. a lady, um, well, stepping back further, we knew a lady who uh, <laughs> had a great job. She was uh, in an executive administrative role. Right. Uh, she was making a good income. She was happy where she was at. But in talking to her and, and, and understanding her, we knew that she was worth more. Oh. And that she could, she could really make a big difference. Yeah. But the problem was, is going into a different role meant stepping back. Right. And she absolutely was not prepared to step back in order to go forward. But like she, but she did oh. eventually. And when she did, she went from making, I think she probably had maybe peaked out around 70, mm -hmm. but she went from 70 to 200 
oh. as total compensation. But she had to make a step back in yeah. order to do that. And that you bring up a really interesting point because then, because then you're bringing in risk factor, right? Right? Because there yeah. was a risk of her mm-hmm. leaving her comfortable position where she was making, yeah. you know, whatever to take a step back to seventy to take you know the step the risk yeah. of getting to two hundred. Yeah, and, and she's I, the same person. Yeah, like. So someone doing, she's doing one role. Yeah. She's still that person. Why wasn't she worth 200 in that role? And it was because what she brought to the role was yeah. completely different in a different role. So when we look at uh, people getting into a role, so there's an example of someone who is starting something and has to negotiate their starting salary. What do you, what do you suggest to people? They're going to go in and say, this is what I want. How For do sure. you establish the number? Well, I take a look at what they're making currently mm-hmm. and I take a look at, I mean, usually when I, if, uh, if I'm the one who's working with the client, then I know what their range is. And usually our job as a recruiter as in a recruiting firm is to find, is to have an idea of what that offer is going to look like in the mm-hmm. end, you know, through conversations with the client, you know, okay, so I know that their range is this and I know that this person is looking for that then in that situation, then I'm going to come to both parties and and give a recommendation of, I think that you should offer this candidate this amount based on what I know and based on what you're looking to pay. And then they say yes or no. Right. And then same with the candidate. I'm like, okay, well, I know that I know the company's range. I know what you're looking for. Would you accept an offer at this? And And that's something that we do quite a bit in, in staffing is that we trial close people mm-hmm. and say, okay, so if I come to you with an offer that's 90 K three weeks vacation, you know, mm-hmm. all these other benefits, will you accept this offer? Right. And then, so when a company is working with an agency and then there's obviously individuals and candidates mm-hmm. working with an agency, what's that role that the agency is playing? What's the, what's their function? How do they work well? What, what is the best way for both a company and for the candidate to work within that environment? Well, I think that what we, I mean, this is really part of the sweet spot of why working with an agency is so great because a candidate is going to be a little bit more honest Maybe honesty honest isn't the right word. A little more forthcoming with because the they're re- not negotiating. Yes, because right? they're not At negotiating. The right. They're going to be a little more forthcoming. Forthcoming, and the company, the client's going to be a little bit more forthcoming, so that you, as the recruiter, can appropriately act as the middleman, so that right. both parties end up being happy. Right. Um, and that's you know that's really the benefit of you know the conversations that I have is that you you know sometimes if the client and the candidate are dealing directly with each other through direct recruiting then you might end up with a little bit more back and forth but mm-hmm. we sort of eliminate that by saying if they came to you with this would you accept yes the candidate will accept this great that's what we'll offer them and then away you go right so and possibly what that may cause is a more realistic yeah number in the middle you may have a candidate coming in hypothetically at one end and think, look, I'm already making 35 a year. If I could just make 40 and the company's willing to pay 80, you're really far apart at that point, right? Yeah. Whereas you also may have a candidate who wants to make 100 and the really the role is only worth 85. Right. 
So. And then you can tell the candidate that in a really honest way that the client maybe wouldn't be able to have that that same right. level of honesty because they wouldn't necessarily want to want to scare them away. And I mean, that's a really interesting conversation to have with somebody, too, because someone you might meet somebody who's at a point in their career where they're not either they're not willing to take that step mm-hmm. back where, you know, if they're, like you said, making 100,000 and they're not willing to take a look at a position for 85 then you're able to cut that conversation off before it gets too right. far with the client. But then sometimes you get a candidate who is at a point in their career where, you know, like you said, with this, uh, with an administrator or, you know, the position we were just talking about where like, yeah, I am willing to take a little bit of a mm-hmm. step back because it, of the risk or because it might mean a bigger step forward. The future later. reward. Right. Yeah. Or it might be, you know, they're wanting to make a big shift in their career where they're, where they're doing something totally different than what they were doing before. Right. So sometimes in that situation, someone is willing to take a bit of a pay cut because they want to be doing something totally different. Like right. maybe they've been in IT and they're over IT and they want to get into marketing yeah. or something like that. Then something they need, completely different. Something completely yeah. different. Then they need to know, okay, well, where am I, where am I going to place myself salary wise? Right. What do you think about uh, salary surveys? There's a number of them online. You can find them. You can just Google them and they say, this is what you should get paid. What do you think? I think that those are useful and I definitely glance at them from time to time. I don't use them as my hard and fast rule when I'm when I'm talking to people. But I think that they're important to to reference, Mm -hmm. but just as a reference. Right. Do, Do you find that they're uh, are they bang on or are they off by it or and is there, I, what's the variables? I think that they're pretty accurate. I mean, the variables is like anytime you do someone, anytime you send someone a survey, the information is only as accurate as the people who answered the survey. Right. Right. So th- it's accurate among the group of people that were surveyed. And then right. you have to take a look at, okay, well, is it industry specific? Because right. different industries pay differently. So I think that they're a good reference tool, but I don't think that they're like a hard and fast. Yeah. You know, I've, like, I've had them with uh, with an individual and I've shown, shown it to someone and they're like, wow, I'm getting underpaid. Mm. And I think I need to ask for more money. And then the other person, you show it to someone else and they'll look at it and be like, you need to burn that. Because if anyone finds out what I'm getting paid... They're right. going to say so, I'm worth less. Yeah, like that's what I mean. I think that they're a good reference guide, yeah. but I don't think that they're hard and fast because right. you do end up with those situations because every company is going to is going to place themselves a little bit differently in terms of salary, right? right. Like I've worked for um, I've worked for companies where they're like, okay, well, we want to be in the 90th percentile of what mm-hmm. we pay our people, right? Because we want that tier of people where you get other companies, let's say a not-for-profit, where they're like, okay, we can't afford to pay people in that 90th percentile of people that, of people that we hire. We can only pay them in the 50th percentile, mm-hmm. but the perks of working for a not-for-profit, maybe you get more vacation time, right. you know, maybe some of these other benefits. So that's why you have to take, a, like you really have to take a look at the aggregate. Like it's sometimes, it's not always about just salary, right. right? There's so many other factors, right? Right. Vacation time, benefits, pension, if that's a thing sure. anymore, right? Like there's so many. Few companies. Right, yeah. there's a few, there's so many other yeah. things to consider. The culture, the commute. Right. And would you agree that like staffing agencies, if you're working with someone, are going to bring those points out? Yeah. So then it's not just the dollar value. Yeah. Right. Right. So. And I think that maybe that's sort of the thing that we haven't been talking about in this conversation, Craig, is that there's a lot more to it than just salary. 
Right. Right. Like it's not just the, you know, the numbers on your T4. There's a lot more involved because you can get someone that's like, okay, well, I'm willing to take a little bit less on the salary piece if they can give me an extra week of vacation. Right. Because then you're having conversations with people about, you know, do they value money or do they value mm-hmm. time off? Do they value benefits or do they value a shorter commute? Because someone might be willing to take a $10,000 a year pay cut if they're only right. driving five minutes to work, sure. right? Yeah. So there's a lot of different factors involved. And yeah. 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 And I think, you know, when someone's early on in their career, maybe it's a, a budding thought, you're early on in your career, you can make some of those moves. Yeah. You know, you can say, hey, I, I think I've got... I'm in the wrong job now. Yeah. And I, I should be over here. But that may mean taking a bit of a bump to mm-hmm. go down. Uh, whereas you get someone who's, you know, maybe in the last decade of their career, then that's a bit more of a challenge. Yeah. It's harder to uh, say, hey, I'm going to take this massive drop in pay in order to get this great job. But I really only got a few years left anyways. So yeah. We do hear of some of those. Uh, I forget what they're called. We kind of call them the, uh, I don't know, the last job in your Right. on your resume but it's uh it's like your swan song as you're yeah. kind of heading into retirement so, yeah. yeah interesting jobs um one of the things that you're going to go into here's a scenario uh you're going to go into your boss and you're going to say hey i deserve a raise mm-hmm. they're going to be like no you don't uh we think you're getting paid exactly what you deserve and what you're worth mm-hmm. and then you start looking and then someone comes and says hey we want you we value you mm-hmm. a little differently and uh, we're interested in making you uh, an offer. And then you go back to your boss and say, hey, they think I'm worth more and mm-hmm. I'm going to take this other job. And then your boss says, well, we don't want to lose you. Uh-huh. Now what happens? This a, you're into the counter offer right. situation. So I think in that, the simple answer is in that situation, more often than not, you should make the move. Because mm-hmm. you sort of have, you have one foot out the door. And you if you've had the conversation about salary with that, with your current employer, and they said no, and then you do find a job where they offer you more, and then your employer comes back and says, no, 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 we will offer you more, then you should leave. Right. More, more often than not, I would say you should leave because mentally you've already made the decision. But I think that I, I think that what happens more often is that people don't ask for the raise and start looking because they're, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they don't know how, right. maybe they don't know how to have the conversation. You know, maybe the company doesn't have a salary, a proper salary review plan. So I think that what happens more often than not is that somebody decides to start looking, gets a job and like, oh, this company pays more and then takes that to their current employer mm-hmm. and their current employer is like, oh, OK, well, we'll give you more. We'll match that. We'll match that. Yeah. And I think that... And then you don't have to pack your desk. Right. And then Such that's a big a, value. And that happens... I think that that's actually the thing that happens more, is right. that people don't ask for the raise and mm-hmm. then go looking. And perhaps they, if they had asked for their more money, they would have got it, and they wouldn't have started looking. Right. So, you know, I think that you probably... Like, you should be getting a salary review once a year or if you're like hey i'm starting to think about you know maybe there's an opportunity for me to take on more and get paid more than that as opposed to looking for another job just starting to look for another job right so part of the message in there is that you need to self-advocate and you mentioned that already you need to uh, make sure that if you're not happy with something that you don't just tuck it underneath your arm and walk around with it you go and say something Yeah. yeah and i appreciate that that's not easy for everybody right yeah like it's talking about money, you know, like yep. we said at the beginning, you know, it's sort of this taboo yep. that we don't taboo. talk about money, but 
because of what I because of what I do in recruitment and yourself, like I actually like having conversations about money. Like, right. Let's talk about money. Yeah. But that's and, you know maybe part of it. it. Like if I was coaching someone and they, you know, they're absolutely convinced they deserve more. I would say, okay, well, let's put this down on paper and and show me why you're worth more. And it can't just be, I need more. Right. I need to buy a better car. Like it needs to be something of value. And then that's something you can take to your boss supervisor and say, what can I do? Yes. You know, what can I do to be worth more? Not just get more, be worth more to you as a business. And I think that that's like the two prongs of going to ask when you go to ask for more money is I feel that I've been doing this. I would like to be making more. And what can I do to be more valuable? Sure. I mean, you would probably knock your boss's socks off if you said, what can I be doing to be worth more? Right. You know, your boss would be like, oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Do this, this and this. And then if you did that, if you did that and then came back six months later and they didn't give you a raise, then I'd say start looking somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's it's the perfect point of, you know, you need to say, what do you think of what I'm doing? Yeah. What could I do that's more valuable? Yeah. And do you perceive that I have any skills or talents that may make me more valuable in this organization? For sure. That's it. I mean, people should write that down because that's a conversation that people should be having. And, you know, if the sooner you start feeling comfortable having those conversations with your employer, then you're going to be, you know, probably making more than making more than your peers and other people doing the same thing in, in no time. Yeah. And I think when I look back over time and I and I consider some of the people that I've seen move to different roles yeah. and, and not have the initial conversation with their supervisors, yeah. something's up. It's almost like it's fishy. It's like, yeah. how come you're not talking to anyone about this? And yeah. why is it so easy to pull you out of one company where yeah, you've yeah, been yeah. there for years and you're just not going to comment on it? And then I wonder, are you going to do that again? Yeah. Like, are you just going to sit there? and grumble about and being dissatisfied. It's too hot in here. I don't like the height of my chair Yeah. and I'm going to quit again. And it's, and I'm going to get more money when I quit yeah. this time too. So. Well, and I think that sometimes people just don't like to rock the boat. Yeah. So no don't. change. It's yeah. the change thing, right? Yeah. So don't want to change. Could be. Yeah. Um, you had talked about earlier, uh, before you had talked about an engagement survey that you had uh, mm-hmm. scene. And what, tell us about that. Well, I mean, I've done lots of employee engagement surveys mm-hmm. and, you know, one of the most common questions or a pretty common question on an, on an engagement survey is, are you satisfied mm-hmm. with how much money you're making? And in my career of doing engagement surveys, that's always the question right. that yeah. scores the lowest because mm. people always want to make more money. Right. Right. Like even if you were making you know, if you're making, let's say, a million dollars a year, sure, you, you, would, you would want to be making a yeah. million and one or you'd want to be making yeah. two million dollars a year. Right. So people are always going to want to make more money. Mm-hmm. That's human. Makes sense. It's human nature, Only right? Right. Yeah. 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 OK. All right. Well, those are some great thoughts. I certainly love having you on. Well, I thanks, love working Craig. with you. Thanks, Craig. And Same. hopefully we can do this again. Yeah. So it was fun. So thanks for coming. Thanks, on. Craig. All right. Thank you. <laughs>